0: I wish we can go back to times when it was simple, like when Melvin Gordon 2015 was just running over the league. <laughs> the intro doesn't make any sense because Jake and I were just talking about Melvin Gordon, yeah, about the good old completely, days. Completely, everybody completely out of out of the loop on that one. Well, it's
1: okay. I'll you know what it I, I wish we could loop. go back to, where the fun what? times where we were both top of the league and winning games, and the fun times of fantasy football. But you're I'm in second place. You are in second place, but we are coming to you as two of the teams that are on losing streaks.
0: Stinkers. Absolute, Absolute stinkers. Absolute stinkers. Well, you had
1: a stinker. I got absolutely just destroyed by Phillips's team. We've talked about this prior. Like, what do you do when you see players kind of just going off against you, like A.J. Brown did this week? Um, do you kind of, you know, watch any games, do you kind of sit back and just accept
0: it or I, I just take it. I just absolutely take it. It ruins my day. Um, little peek inside the curtains. It's a little bit easier for me to tone out the noise when my fantasy team is crap because I am planning for a wedding. And so it was a little bit easier to shut off my brain from, from fantasy football uh, given how bad, uh, the only thing that stung for my team this week was that it was kind of close leading into uh, mid-afternoon Sunday games. But mm-hmm. once I saw uh, Devontae Adams, piece of shit. <laughs> um, once I saw that Raiders game, I kind of knew that it was over and I was able to unwind. But yeah, uh, we saw with your matchup, AJ AJ Brown. I mean, we'll dive into that, but ugh, woof.
1: Yeah, I uh, th- uh yeah, I knew I knew going into we d- we didn't record last week. Um, both busy with just other things going on, just life in general. Um but I knew going into last week looking at Phillips's team that I had a very small chance of winning just because I knew that uh Derrick Henry and those those quads were going to absolutely destroy the Houston Texans. Um but yeah, just one of those weeks in general we'll get into right now. Uh, of the Northside 2022, Week 8. Is that Week 8? I think it was Week 8.
0: Yeah, you're right. Week 8. We just went through all the past weeks, and Ken White-Walker, biggest output of the year, coming off another strong week last week with his running backs. 163 to 118 pushing my boy LA Bash Bros to dead last was Yeah, so- I'm in the in the cellar. You're in the cellar. So what let's assess your team here. Let's assess Cooper Cup. You nervous about that injury? I hate the Rams. They're the worst team. Why are you putting him in there? That late <laughs> yeah. in the game you're getting blown out. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I saw that that popped up.
1: I think they were what they were down by 17
0: and that happened.
1: Yeah. Um not really. I, I don't think I'm too worried. It didn't sound like it was too serious. It might be. Uh, hopefully it's not something that lingers for him. The one that I'm the most concerned about by far is, is Cortland Sutton. Is just I can't play him um, now. So there, there's no way I can start him week to week and hope for him to hit his projections. Um, so I'm hoping uh, starting next week perhaps someone like Terry McLaurin or, you know, kind of st- – spot someone at the flex position. Uh, he just he hasn't really shown that he is a starter as far as a flex uh, play. I mean, the last three weeks, 2.4, 3.8, 1.8. So pretty bad across the board. And the targets just aren't there either. He had three targets against the Chargers. I guess he had nine against the Jets, but they were down most of that game, so they're just throwing the ball around. And then only four targets against the Jags. So I am not... Going to be looking to play Cortland Sutton anytime soon. Still kind of I the one I'm concerned about the most regarding injury wise is Mark Andrews. Um had I think he played the first drive, maybe the second drive, and then he was out the rest of the game. So yeah. that was a bummer. Uh definitely um, you know, not happy with that. I mean, my whole team's kind of starting to get banged up now. I just saw today DeAndre Swift didn't practice because of the lingering shoulder and ankle injuries. So We are uh, starting to get into code red territory for the L.A. Bash Bros.
0: Yeah, I mean, just going through your lineup, you look at, because we're obviously in, like, we're coming off the heels of a huge trade deadline, and there's just question marks all throughout your team. Raheem Oster, now he's got a better kind of crowded backfield with the I'm not too I'm not too concerned about that. Okay. Well Mark Andrews, this is the whole point about me dropping tight end so early. If you're investing such a high pick in a tight end and if something happens, injury or whatnot, that's a big gaping hole in your tight end spot. And so and that could have been a spot where you could have potentially had another good weapon there to address that Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton, it just all around it's just bad. Uh what kept him afloat early in the year was kind of high volume and he was getting like a high average target per reception. Both of them are coming down and the touchdowns aren't mm-hmm. coming with it. So a lot of scary question marks with your team. I also look at cream hunt. There was a lot of talks about him potentially being traded. He's pretty frustrated with, with his situation out in Cleveland. No suitors. That would have been nice. And, and you have yeah, been Nice for
1: him to get, Dealt somewhere that where he would get more more play for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's kind of funny in this matchup too, because we see both sides of the Carolina coin in terms of the running back situation. You with Chubba Hubbard and Deonta Foreman over on White Walker. Just Mm -hmm. a tale of two stories of that running back room. So you have uh hopefully the move that you made of Marquise Brown, hopefully whenever he comes back healthy. I don't know Elijah Mitchell with Christian McCaffrey, he absolutely went off this week against the, the Rams. There's a lot of question marks, and I just feel like we mentioned it before the recording. Your team just needs to win. You you need to get off this slide that you're going on.
1: Yeah, I I'm just keeping Elijah there only because it doesn't hurt to keep him on the IR spot. It's not yeah. like I I'm hoping that he comes back and that he like gets into Christian McCaffrey's time. It's it's mostly just you know it's it he's there because I can't just place him there. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, it's it's you know when. I mean, Deonta went off last week, but both guys, when they played, I think had over ten points. And when Chuba Hubbard played, he had close to fifteen points fantasy wise, um, on, on only on nine carries. So, I uh, I definitely. We'll see with him. Pacheco, he's just there to <laughs> he's perhaps... He's just a body. Just perhaps maybe he just goes off one of these weeks. But, yeah, I I definitely just need to get a win under my belt. Hopefully one of these weeks the the team that I'm playing just has an absolute dud. There's nothing that you can do when you go against someone that drops the most points uh, so far this season. And Phillips' team, yeah. which we'll talk about right now, I was having breakfast and I looked at my phone and I saw that AJ Brown had three touchdowns in the first half of that game. And that's when I kind of knew like, all right, like I'm not going to win in this league whatsoever. Cause I knew a Derek Henry was going to go off. Um, and he did 38 points for Derek Henry. Um, and I knew, I mean, Kenneth Walker and, and Gino had decent games, but I knew that, you know, they were going to get theirs as well. So, uh travis Etienne. i woke up and he had 24 and it just phillips's team is really good he has three legit running backs one legit wide receiver and then he can kind of plug and play the rest of the guys and he's going to get over 100 every week with ease
0: yeah see the travis Etienne story is where i always bite my tongue because i'm always the believer that i do not want to touch backfields uh i don't want to pay up the price for a travis Etienne because of james robinson perfect storm this is why you draft him so high and this is you hope for the the ability that that running back room thins out and the talent prevails and we've mm-hmm. with James Robson out of the picture now Travis Etienne's easy plug and play like an RB2 um, even sometimes I mean probably within a good matchup like running back one and we mentioned it Deonta Foreman on his bench 31 points he's that they lost that game high scoring game I don't know what's going on with Carolina right now uh, beating the Bucks last week and then this week kind of giving it to Atlanta. That offense is cooking. Maybe it's PJ Walker, XFL. Uh,
1: I know. Well, you didn't watch that game, but that game was insane and, and Carolina should have won that game. They they missed an uh, extra point at the basically oh, at yes, the buzzer. Yes. yes and then they missed a chip them. shot field goal in overtime. Uh so I mean it was pretty low scoring until that that final uh I would say the last like five minutes of the game.
0: Yeah. It's it's hard to Find uh, areas of like not efficiency with his team when he's putting up 163. Chris Olave is kind of the only real dud on his wide receiver team. But well, seven, and eight. he played
1: matchups because he has yeah. CD on his bench, and he decided to flip that. I I was I was looking at his lineups uh, Sunday morning, and I think he had CD, in, and then he flipped it last minute. So I think he was just trying to play matchups because um, Chris Olave has had a very good. I mean, he's ranked number twentieth as wide receiver. He's had over. 12 points prior to this week the last like four weeks so um yeah i think he was just mostly playing matchups with
0: that so i mean you make i'm the believer if you make a trade for cd lamb and you made the trade giving up where some people in this league would think too much um to get cd lamb i i feel like you just got to start him every week I, at that yeah, point fair. i don't think you need to get cute with it but I'm not gonna say he got lucky because he had 163 points that was the league winner league of the, like of all weeks so he absolutely crushed it. He's going to four and four, fourth place. LA Bash Bros, three and five, but tenth that place. But next it, week, yeah, it doesn't matter right now with the standings. But we call it how we see it. LA Bash Bros going to three and five, tenth place. See, you got to watch out now because DJ Moore is hot. Back to back weeks, you drafted mm-hmm. him as like a flex option, and he's delivered in in the most unlikely of fashions, but delivered for QB Sneaks. Uh, as is wide receiver two, QB Sneaks gets the dub one, 136 to one thirty over the Ghost of Forte. We just talked about it in that last matchup. Well, Carolina's offense, DJ Moore, last two weeks has stepped up. He's he's always been the guy that's going to command a lot of targets, even during the the low points of this season. Pretty healthy dose of targets: six, 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 eleven, eight, seven, ten, eleven. The last two weeks, but now they're hitting. Now the t- touchdowns are hitting and you're it's he was he was drafted as like that back in back in wide receiver 2 teams that probably went running back heavy and looked to have like TG Moore as a wide receiver 2 or even a flex option if you wanted to go deep at wide receiver but uh there was always elements I felt like with a Shane's team where he was missing that one piece uh mm-hmm. James Conner either uh, being hurt or trying to fill Alec Pierce in the lineup we've always been dogging on Deontay Johnson this year but having justin jefferson and dj moore having justin jefferson just in general but and having debo who i know debo's out so that's a little bit sketchy but having that production that dj moore has really kept him afloat and pretty much won him this whole week
1: yeah i i think i don't know if it was last week or the week before i think you were really just you didn't believe dj moore would continue success um, and I just, and I said to kind of just be patient with that. Cause I think him and PJ Walker are trying to develop that chemistry. I really liked DJ more this week. Uh, I had him in, uh, like daily fantasy sports, uh, AJ Terrell, who's a really good, uh, rookie or not rookie. I think this is a second year. It's really good young corner for the Falcons. And he's kind of like that shutdown guy, similar to like Pat Sertain for the Broncos. He was out this week. And so I, I, I'm pretty sure the rest of their secondary is absolutely terrible. So I had a really good feeling that DJ Moore was going to have a big week. Um, And I will say he had, I think it was like five catches for 90 yards prior, but it was very much a Hail Mary last second of the game. That was a 50, 60 yard bomb to DJ Moore, where I don't know what the secondary was doing for the Falcons, but they just let him get right behind him, caught it and ran in for touchdowns. So one of those like crazy plays that it wasn't something that he was like you know consistently dominating the entire week um, but in our league when you get a bonus for an over 50 yard touchdown that that was huge for Shane that play essentially i mean if i mean if when it all comes down to it that was a huge play that essentially won him the week um, yeah i mean and we talked about this i think last week i don't remember what matchup it was but look at the Defense and kicker for Shane and those points add up twenty eight points. You know, twenty eight points for that, and the Phils' defense and kicker was thirteen. So right there, that's a difference of fifteen points, um, which was a huge thing. Um, but yeah, Shane's team, uh, I I think he will just for his team, it's hard because I feel like he needs to make sure that every week he pu- plugs and plays the right matchups. Yeah, I don't can tell with that this he, lineup. Yeah, I don't think he necessarily has the depth to kind of um, be consistent. For instance, like we just talked about Phillips' team. I think Phillips has a ton of depth, so he can, you know, anyone that he starts, I think he has a really good chance at winning. A Shane, I feel like starting someone like Deontay Johnson, as flex position, I'm not, especially against the Philadelphia Eagles, like I think he's lucky to escape this win while still playing Deontay Johnson. Um, you have someone... Even if like if Latavius Murray is starting or if Leil Herbert, you know, is playing is gonna be playing a lot, I would I would probably rather start them over Deontay Johnson. But um a Shane with 136, which is which is a high which is a pretty high score, a lot of high scores this week in general.
0: Yeah, a lot of touchdowns.
1: Um, yeah, a ton of touchdowns. Uh but his team, you know, we'll, we'll talk about touchdowns. I'm very surprised to know this Justin Jefferson has not had a receiving touchdown since week one.
0: And he's still yeah. five. And he's still five, five.
1: Yeah. So um, those are going to start coming, I would assume, uh, for Minnesota, uh, which is going to be a huge boost to a Shane. But um, let's head over to Phil's team. Wait, real quick. I got a fun yeah. little stat
0: with uh, a Shane's team. Look at George Kittle's mm-hmm. uh, points points per week the last three weeks. Okay. You say Hold that on. there are upgrades, don't you think, about him being more involved in the offense? Yeah. Okay. A Shane has won his last three weeks. He has won his last three He's weeks. won. He's on a 3-0 win streak with yeah. uh, George. I mean, he, George Kittle's caught a touchdown each or last two weeks. He's, yeah. He was super high on George Kittle, even when I kind of approached him about trading one of my tight ends. He didn't want to move off George Kittle. He believed in him. Uh, these are one of those moves that you see in hindsight, like four or five weeks down the road where you were in trade talk with someone and – May leave that being like, man, should I just, just trade to that guy? I don't know why I like him so much, but it's paying off. Like he's mm-hmm. getting more involved. He's getting those touchdowns. And just like this week, where it was a six point difference, that's the difference between a good and a bad tight end on a team. Yeah. And I mean, you're going right into Phil's matchup. Tyler Higby, too, that guy was getting beaten up the whole game. He got smoked mm-hmm. early in the, in the game, went off, and then out of nowhere, he came back in. And the only thing that was keeping Tyler Hapia afloat all season was just how much he was involved in that offense, but in terms of just targets. I mean, we had weeks. He had three weeks of over 10 targets in a game, but then he's had in his last uh, three weeks ago, week six, he only had two targets. This week he had six targets, but he was banged up. Just, uh, just situations like that where that tight end disparity makes a big difference and it made the difference in this matchup and because yeah. Bill had a good week. Like his team was good.
1: Yeah, he still yeah, he had he dropped 130 um which was very solid. I I still yeah, I don't understand why he chose Tyler Higbee over Dalton Schultz. Phil knows the Dallas Cowboys offense cuz he's a huge fan of them. So I'm very just curious why he chose Dalton Schultz or Tyler Higbee knowing that the Rams have sc- struggled offensively. They don't necessarily play the Niners that well. And Dalton Schultz is still, like, a very key component to that Dallas offense. It's at home. Uh, the Bears' defense is not great. And so, you know, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. but, you know, that switch would have won him the week as well. But um, looking at, I mean, I will say this. Phil, you know, made it a point over the last few weeks through text on this
0: podcast
1: that when he starts Kenny Pickett, he's exactly.
0: 3-0. exactly.
1: Now, I understand that Tua dropped 29 points and Kenny Pickett dropped seven. But how can you say, you know, Kenny Pickett is 3-0. and I'm going to start him every week. And then you start, you know. so, And then if, if you haven't looked, I believe he dropped Kenny Pickett. And he is no longer a part of the Ghost of Forte.
0: Wow. Yeah, so. I see a big claim sticker there.
1: You know, maybe I will now curse Phil's team for him cursing my team with that whole Odell made-up story. I have not won a week since, you know, Phil pointed that out. Um, So now I'm going to curse Phil's team and say that Kenny Pickett was the reason why Phil uh, is at his 4-4 and record.
0: Yeah, but better than the week I had. So he still had a good matchup. There's not a lot of negatives you can really say about his team. Um, no,
1: I, I I still like Phil's team a lot. I think Phil has a very solid team. He's gonna score consistent points every single week, especially with the emergence of Ramond Street Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson. We've all been um there. Yeah. Uh I think he is just as a flex is is huge. I, I do wonder if Phil perhaps tries to get a like a decent tight end to try to like solidify that. Um, with maybe some of his bench players, but he doesn't really have any bench players that he can rely on to trade. Uh, but yeah, Tua had a great game. I, I think we all knew that was going to be a barn burner of a game regarding the points being scored, both bad defenses, um, especially the Lions. And so, yeah, overall, Phil, I think, is still in a really good spot. Um, And I, I see him definitely making the playoffs and making a charge for the
0: title. Well, luckily for him, even with his loss, he goes 4-4, four four, puts him in the middle of the pack, 5th place. Shame this one goes to four four, puts him right behind Phil at six place. Wait, sorry, I, I forgot one more thing. Yes, go ahead.
1: How does Phil choose these defenses that score touchdowns?
0: I I don't I don't know. I, I
1: feel like this has happened. Like he like is like a Nostradamus for defenses. I don't get it. I, I wish I would go back. I I don't want to take the time to go back through all of his matchups. But last week against me, he had Tennessee, who did a pick six against Matt Ryan. This week how to pick six against uh, P.J. Walker. I I don't understand. So the random defenses that he streams, and he just happens to pick ones that get pick sixes. So I guess good for him, I guess.
0: If you're interested in the touchdown prop market, I bet you can find uh, defensive touchdown scored for the Ravens for next week against uh, New Orleans on Monday Night Football. That's his, Is that his defense. defense That's his week. defense he's rolling out. I've got to pick him up in the other leagues that I have. Yeah, so keep that in mind. Yep, they both go to four, to, four and four. Phil at fifth place. Shane at six. Team Mercier against
1: the Cat. Hashtag claws up. 101.8 for Sam against 90.6. Sam picks up her fourth win. Blake picks up his third loss. Um, Several questions as I look at your squad. Hit me with them. Are we concerned? Uh, absolutely. We're concerned uh I'm, are we in the are we what what level what panic of concern level? are we at yeah what panic level are we at
0: um i'm at a one out of a ten i'm a seven i am okay. sliding back-to-back weeks i'm going into next week uh and get in. Biageddon. i mean that's let's well, just i yeah, guess let's talk is, about yeah. we'll, we'll just talk about just this week and how i felt this sunday um I kept feeling that even though I was winning, if I can if I can get Kyler that 20, 20 25 points that he mm-hmm. had this week, I felt that my team would be unstoppable. I felt like there was no shot. Um, it killed But then me. you saw oh, DeVonte Adams number. I I kept refreshing my phone all day. I'm not going to put on you the thought word. it was a Yeah. You thought it was a error that ESPN had made. Yeah. I, I, and I knew he, I knew coming in to this week, that he's dealing with some illness. And I saw, we're recording this on Wednesday night, and I saw that they held him out of practice for the same illness. I don't mm-hmm. know what that is, but I knew coming in that he was having an illness. And I, I, I no matter what, if he's starting and he's playing, you, pl- you plug him in. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to chalk it up just so, to a weird week. Um, the only other week that was kind of funky was that, uh, Week two matchup against Arizona where he had that screen screen uh touchdown early and then he yeah, kind of did nothing yeah. in the whole game.
1: Yeah, one catch for like six or like two yards was, and a yeah, touchdown. Yeah, like two
0: catches for seven yards and a touchdown. Um I don't know. I'm I'm worried about obviously they just got shut out. I am worried about the Raiders offense. That any team that gets shut out is just I don't know. It's a weird team. I thought for sure with Derek Carr. Derek Carr has always been a statistically like pretty like above average quarterback, and I just thought throwing Devonte Adams in that offense would just be automatic. And for the most part, it really kind of has been automatic. It has been like hasn't been game breaking from where I drafted him at, but he has been pretty consistent. Um, where I haven't really been consistent all year is just my wide receiver room, so it kills me to see him put up this stinker. But I know that it's a rare occurrence. I think I'm more upset about Michael Pittman. I know the change of the quarterback room. Uh, obviously, I was confident because you would think you'd get a this young guy coming in just slinging it, and anything was mm-hmm. pretty much an upgrade with Matt, uh, Matty Ice kind of just collapsing under pressure, uh, kind of just throwing the ball. I don't know about that. I feel like he was. A lot of the games that I was watching that uh, he seemed to give up on plays, give up on reads. Rather quickly. That's just my analysis. I don't know m- really much of sure. anything, but I um I don't know. I I think I expect more out of Michael Pittman than I do, um, than I do Devontae Adams in terms of where I drafted Pittman and I thought he would exceed that. He still had seven catches, which is still yeah, great. It's, like it's, it's not it's like he's not. It's not. it's not that he's just not involved. But yeah, he hasn't had a touchdown since week one, and that week one touchdown was like gutsy where it's like he was like battling like three guys and like reached in mm-hmm. it hasn't been easy yeah. for him all year and he's performing but right outside the top top 20 i i thought my biggest struggles this season was going to be running backs with naheem hines or not naheem hines whoops naji harris but i'm seeing as i feel that my, with chubb plugging one hole i'm filling new holes with my wide receiver room so i don't really have a sense on where to attack my team in terms of trades. So that's where I'm most worried about.
1: Yeah, I feel like you have a lot of just... Well, Devontae is always going to be a wide receiver one, but yeah. then I think after that you have a bunch of mm, kind of 2 flexish kind of receivers that, you know... I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of question marks for your team as well. I mean, we talked about this last week, but that Brees Hall injury really, like... <sighs> Made a huge impact here on your huge, team. Huge, yeah, because because you're getting nothing out of Naji, like absolutely nothing, to where he can't be someone that you start week after week. Yeah, Um, unless you know, unless you have like a you know someone to buy or something like that. Yeah, Nick Chubb is by far your you know I've, as as of right now your con, most con, only consistent weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyler Murray, he's had a very good fantasy year. I think we. We like to, you know, poke fun at him, but I think overall it's been it's been good. It hasn't been great. Or I, I would say it's a little bit above average. I I'll think take these last three weeks as
0: more of a sample with DeAndre Hopkins as yes. the guy that I've drafted and the guy that yeah. I expected. So I am and as someone pleased.
1: that rosters DeAndre Hopkins. I'm I'm very I liked I like what I've been seeing so far with him just kind of getting fed the ball uh, and him basically going back to old Deandre Hopkins where, you know, 10 catches 90 to hundred yards and a touchdown at games kind of seems like the normal. Um, but yeah, I think there are concerns for your team. You touched on a little bit and we'll talk about it next episode, but you have, uh, by a get in coming up, Holy moly, um, against Phil's team where you're going to, you're just going to have to mm-hmm. gut it out. Uh, yeah. Throw Hail Marys to, to, to the matchups that you got, but let's head over to Sam's team. Um, no
0: one really stuck out, to be honest. You know what's so uh, stupid about fantasy football is that I don't get how it always works out that the two lowest scoring teams play against each other. Like, mm-hmm. it's like every other matchup. I think that was her and me last week, yeah, actually. It's so weird how it works like that, but I digress.
1: Yeah, let me double check that. Let's talk over Sam about Sam's team. Gus Edwards uh,
0: was a like guilty pick, a guilty kind of inclusion because of how much he went off last week. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know that running back room that much. I know J.K.'s out. out. Um, top of my head, I don't think they made any additions to the running back room during uh, the trade deadline. But I've always been a f- fan of Gus Edwards because he just runs with such authority. But something's weird with that with that team and Harbaugh. He he seems like he goes to the doghouse like pretty quickly. That still was a tough matchup against Tampa Bay because they had a good run. Uh, they do have a good defense, but. I, I do think worry Gus about got Gus. Dinged up. Yeah, I think he got dinged up. He got. Yeah. I believe he got dinged up like early in the game, actually. Mm. But regardless, yeah, it says right
1: here, mild hamstring injury, which is always like, as Keenan that's, Allen owners know, that could linger for quite a while.
0: That's classic Gus, and uh, yeah, pretty just meh across the board. Mike Evans continues to produce, even though that offense and that team is just an absolute shell of itself and expectations Mm -hmm. for that team. is just, I don't even know where you go. Uh, I mean, Kirk cousins is the greatest quarterback in the league. He's going to win that division. (sighs) Seem in the playoffs prime time. And now it doesn't affect her. Oh, actually it does affect her. Jamar chase. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I looking at her roster. I don't want to be like hyperbolic here. Cause like Rondell Moore had a big game, but you don't rely on him. But like, I, I don't, I don't think she has the pieces to like recover from losing Jamar chase.
1: Yeah. I mean, Jamar chase uh, didn't get placed on the IR. So he, I don't think he's going to be out longer than a month, but the, the positive that she does have, she has Tyler Boyd. What's going to, who's going to take a lot of a lot. Yeah. What Jamar chase um, is missing from that offense. So, Uh, and she also has Joe Mixon, who I know didn't really do that well on Monday night, but you know, he could perhaps get more of those red zone targets and, you know, have the, the, uh, offense more on his shoulders. Um, last episode, I, I talked very, and we'll get into when we talk about his matchup. Um, I, I do teeter back and forth with both Nick and Sam's team as the worst teams in the league. I'm saying this as I'm currently in 10th place. Uh, but it's hard to see this this team as well just, like, get any consistent play. Like, she's not going to get any consistency from a second running back because no one on her bench is consistent whatsoever as a running back. Yeah, the number one pick that she has is going to be out for the next month. Um, and you have to rely on Kirk Cousins to get you 20 to 25 points a week. So, yeah, I'm not sure where she's going to get a lot of her points. Amon Ross St. Brown, we both loved Going into the season and he had back to back really good weeks, but he's been kind of injured um, and just kind of and just non-existent
0: since after week two. Um, I mean, yeah, I'll take I, I'll take I'll take the bounce back, at least in him getting back into the offense. Uh, Ten targets. They were it was kind of a weird game for them because they took an early lead i believe at halftime yeah they were up like no they were up like 17 to start the game, they were up 14, 14 or something yeah, they're like they were up yeah. something quick so um normally when you play normally when you when you play a lions player you're down early you're sucking up all those points all those like catch up mm-hmm. points so i believe that even with the game script and how it kind of got flipped later in the game and maybe he didn't get that much but still 10 targets it seems like This is the first game since the injury uh, because he came back the week prior. He only had one target. He was kind of playing a shell of himself. But, I mean, maybe maybe he can pick up the slack, but it almost feels like that Lions juice that was at the beginning of the year, them just running ruck shot over everyone, just putting up points, it's got to be coming down to earth a little bit. Real quick, um, TJ, it's been kind of a disappointment this year, but now with the move to Minnesota, upgrade, same, worse? What do you think? Um I well, I mean there's a lot more weapons in
1: Minnesota. Yeah. And I feel like they don't really use their tight ends that often. Irv Smith Jr. is basically a nobody. So I uh yeah, I, I think I actually think it's gonna be right around the same, but I don't think that boom play is gonna be there for TJ. TJ right now is ranked fifth in tight ends. Because of one um, week. Because of that one week. So I I don't I don't see a 36 point game coming from TJ in that Minnesota offense. I do see a lot of seven, eight, nine point games, which are yep. still pretty good for tight ends. Um, but I, I don't. Yeah, perhaps even some fives here and there. It's all going to be touchdown dependent on him if they uh, throw to him in, in the red zone.
0: I, I'm just trying to think back of like Viking, Viking tight ends of the past. And my mind goes back like to my Kyle boy, Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. And yeah. it's like even in his prime, like when he was at its best on that team, like wasn't anything special you're kind of getting the same thing you're probably getting six to seven targets maybe five four catches and like that like 60 to 70 yard range and maybe he flew in for a touchdown that's what yeah, i can kind of say that, that. i mean
1: i'm looking at irv smith's because she also has irv smith on her on her roster um i mean the most points he had one week was 12 points um and that was because he had a touchdown on five receptions for 36 yards yeah. so one week he had four receptions for seven yards, which seems like impossible. And a tutty. Um, But he had a touchdown. Yep. So, yeah, I think it's just going to be touchdown dependent. There's nothing, you know, he had one week where he had eight targets, but the rest were around four to five. So I do think Hawkinson is much better than Irv Smith Jr., um, but I can't see him with all of those weapons in Minnesota. You know, Cook and uh, Thielen, Jefferson, like – Unless Kirk Cousins, perhaps maybe back in the day, I'm trying to think. Back in the day, if he used his tight end uh, when he played for the um, the R words, you know, mm-hmm. Jordan Reed was he someone oh. that Kirk Cousins relied heavily upon? That like
0: three toed Jordan Reed?
1: Yeah the the, the concussion master yeah. Jordan Reed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if if Hawkinson is. If, I think that's just kind of to be determined. To be honest, yeah,
0: we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but. She got the win this week. She beat the crappiest team in the league this week. (laughs) But she goes to four and four, eighth place. I dropped down to five and three. I lose the mantle. I am in second place now. I absolutely hate when teams don't get when teams don't get punished. Uh, And I absolutely hate it more when teams win and they have Taysom Hill starting in their starting lineup. (laughs) It's so like, hey, he hit over his projections it's just it's not there anymore but i mean what am i going to say i will say though with run runners win this week just what a, a pummel a beat tray by 37 aaron Rodgers is not in the starting lineup and uh-huh. like it's almost like i don't know like the end of like frozen and like the the town's not frozen everyone's happy everyone's singing like his team woke up because they weren't weighed down by <laughs> the smug, stupid look of Aaron Rodgers ruining his fantasy wig. Well, and, I mean, you had to. It's a smug, stupid look of Jared Goff, though. Uh, I don't know if it's. I, don't, I wouldn't call Jared Goff smug. I would say uh, he's, more, he's stupid, I guess. But, I would say aloof.
1: Yeah, aloof, stupid
0: face of Jared Goff. But I swear that's the reason. It's him being on the team and. And we're—I mean—we're several weeks away. Maybe the the bad juju is worn off, but maybe it's Deshaun Watson not being yeah. on the roster anymore. Yeah. But his team's lighting it up. He had a big week this week, all in the back of Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. I—it's hotly, hotly uh, debated between. I mean, we talked about it. I talked about it with Phil when he was on the podcast, and he was—he was not high. Um, he was not high on Christian McCaffrey, and. And rightly so. Last week, obviously, him trying to get into the offense. But you saw in that first game for San Francisco, not a lot of touches. But when he got his touches, he made do with them. Uh-huh. And the, what a perfect matchup this it was this week against the Rams because the Rams are absolute crap, and they had a home game at SoFi. And Chris McCaffrey is just—he's just Chris McCaffrey. And I think after the trade, you're—I can imagine for Nick, you're kind of questioning, hey. Just that number two guy that I'm going to have now that he's on a team full of weapons, and I think with Debo kind of getting banged up too, uh, I would not be scared at all. I would not be fretting at all about his this new environment because targets and and opportunities may be a little bit more limited, but you can almost you can almost bank uh, a touchdown per week the way that this offense is humming.
1: Yeah, I. I think I don't know. Th- I I'm pretty sure I was the one last week that said I I'm still I'm, I'm not high on Christian McCaffrey. I'm not sure it was Phil. I don't want to throw Phil, Phil
0: too. Yeah, Phil two weeks because I remember that was when the trade went down, and um, yeah. I just it's it's a it's a hot hot topic. What people think Christian McCaffrey's role is going to be, and this is the week where it, it kind of delivered. It put a huge yeah. Uh, sword through the (laughs) non-believers
1: well yeah i will say i think it was the absolute perfect matchup we saw him drop 20 points without a touchdown against the rams a couple weeks ago when he's on the panthers um so you knew that he was going to have an incredible week against the rams um especially because that team can score touchdowns and he scored he did the lt uh he scored a passing a rushing and a receiving which is the first time that's happened i think i read it was 2005 when lt did it but um i i do want to see what that offense looks like with debo too like they're gonna have they're gonna have so many guys that can make plays um and 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 if this is what you're getting out of christian McCaffrey, then there's no reason to have debo in the backfield um you can honestly just line him up in the slot I'm sure you can probably do some jet sweeps and you can do stuff like that with him because he's so explosive, but there's not really a reason to have him back there. So huge week by Christian McCaffrey. Um, I think anytime he goes against kind of just slow defenses and uh, look who he plays after the bye week, he plays the chargers. So that is going to be another huge game for him. Um, And yeah, I, I think the rest of the season, if he can stay healthy, I do think, you know, twenty points is is easy for him to achieve.
0: Yeah. And just looking at the rest of his roster, I believe last week he was is either last week or two weeks ago he was lamenting on the idea of Brandon Ayuk leaving on the bench. probably two weeks ago now mm-hmm. that I think about it. But he kind of hit. He just hit on all his on all his players. It's a great feeling looking at your bench and um seeing that you made the right decisions. Romeo Dobbs had a good week, but yeah. No reason I, to switch him out. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. I just, I think he's just going to have to hope that whoever he plays at his flex spot because he doesn't really have any depth on his team.
0: Um, a lot of injuries. James Robinson might wake up <laughs> once he gets perhaps. into that offense.
1: Yeah. Um, but I don't really think that you can rely on a Brandon Ayuk 17 points a week or even 10 points a week. I think he has played much better this year. I mean, the last three weeks, he yeah, had 24, 11, and 17. So he's getting the ball more. Um, but yeah, that'd be huge for him personally if IU can be someone that you can rely on as a flex play. But Amari Cooper has shown this year that the Cowboys were—I mean, I get it was a cap issue, but like Amari Cooper's had a really, really good year. Um, yeah. he has two, four, five, five touchdowns, and he's had three games over 100 yards, a top bunch 10. of games. Yeah, and he's a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. So as a wide receiver, too, really, really good. Um, he's always prone to have those stinker games when you kind of need him to um, have good ones, but he has. He's got a bye week next uh, this week, but next week he, Nick's going to have bye again as well.
0: Um, yeah, a lot of Niners,
1: but yeah, um, Tyreek is Tyreek. You just yeah. knew that this game was going to be perfect for him to get a bunch of yards, um, and I think my prediction early on in the year is going to stay true with him and Jalen Waddle both being top 10 wide receivers for fantasy. Um, they just throw the ball so much, and they just always seem to, you know, catch it for five to seven yards and then run right after the catch for another, like, 15, 20. So that's a that's an exciting offense to watch. But, yeah, next team overall uh, much better than a couple weeks prior. I think he, like, struggled to crack around 100, 110. Yeah. um The weeks prior to this one. We haven't even touched on Trey's team. Um, so let's head over there.
0: Kyle Pitts is back.
1: <laughs> Kyle Pitts is, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. How many has Kyle Pitts had more than 10 points back-to-back weeks? Ooh, no. He has not. So he, I, no. in my opinion, he's not
0: back. It's all right. I mean, I, my, it's cool to, for him to have, to have that uh, touchdown and kind of be more involved, kind of a wild game we talked about. And really – the decision for Trey to start Kyle Pitts without a necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had an open bench slot. I swear he's had it the whole entire year, so he must be um, <laughs> digging deep in the Uh-oh. kicker waiver wire, making sure that when he fills that second kicker spot that he um, makes do on it. Uh, just down weeks, Josh Jacobs, woof. It was a, obviously a tough game, like the worst game sc- script that you could possibly have for mm-hmm. a running back. Mm-hmm. Not getting involved, but I'm it's crazy to think or it's crazy to like say but this is i think for josh jacobs this is just one bad week i'm not saying that the he's uh gonna be hitting those 32s 30s, 35s every week but mm-hmm. he's shown this year that you can kind of trust him on bad weeks you don't need to run away where in years past it was just like every week was kind of like this but yeah tony Pollard's here later zeke <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, I don't think that's gonna be a that's not
0: consistent. Um,
1: of course, it's not consistent at thirty five points. But I don't think even when Zeke comes back. Um, I think I read a, a little excerpt of a article today that the running backs coach for the Cowboys was just basically trying to explain that like Zeke, no matter what, is going to be the starter because Tony P gets super tired and run down as the game goes on, and he can only be mm. used in like spurts, which makes sense because
0: yeah, he's Tony P is guy. such
1: an explosive, explosive running back. Yeah. So when he has that open space, you know, he's good for eight to nine carries a game. Um, he is not going to be someone that you can, you know, th- throw the ball a bunch to out of the backfield and have him run 15 times a game. I think seven, eight carries and, you know, getting the ball in his, in his hands in open space as well. But it's hard when you have someone like Tony P and, you, and he scores all these points and you still lose. Because if you're getting a 35 point Tony P week, you should still win your matchup. Um, with the rest of your roster. And I know that he had Austin Eckler on a bye. Yeah, that's um, a big one for him. Keenan Allen on a bye, but still, you know, banged up. But, um, yeah, I mean, Trey just doesn't have the weapons on his team, I feel like, besides, you know, Josh Allen had a down week. Um, but Chris Godwin, that whole offense can't score in the red zone, and just in general, yeah. Um, Devonta Steve. Smith, I Ugh. think, had one week where he was, yeah, he went off, yeah, and then the rest have kind of been, you know, inconsistent. So yeah, and if, it's always hard to to start two tight ends.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, it's just out of necessity. I'm like biting my lip right now because Chris Godwin, that whole situation. We were just talking with Brandon Ayuk, and oh, Brandon Ayuk, he's he just he's such a special player because, like. Week six, seven, eight, him getting more involved. Eleven targets, eleven targets, and six against the Rams. They were kind of blowing him out. But uh-huh. how much? It's it's almost like when I watch Brandon Ayuk, I see the talent there, and it's just like, do get the guy the ball, like. And I know they have so many weapons, but it's like I always felt with him owning Brandon Ayuk was that, like. You're just waiting. You know, what's gonna. it's just going to burst, like where it's like, okay, he's going to get that touchdown or mm-hmm. he's going to break one off. Chris Godwin to me is like the same thing. Like, yeah, he is so heavily involved. Last three weeks, 12 targets, 13 targets, 11 targets. It's not like he just drops them. It's not like he's Brandon mm-hmm. Cooks or something. Like, he catches half or more of the balls and uh, six catches, 75 yards last week, 12 and a half yards. Like, he's getting those prime opportunities and. Like, I know that he doesn't have much options. I know Keenan has just been in and out of the lineup, has been consistent. And Chris Godwin, I just, if I am an owner of him, like Trey, I it's going to be tough because he's going to lose you weeks. Not like he, 10 is a good week, but I just feel like there's still so much there where I see the inverse in Devontae Smith. I see the one week that he had where he was just mossing people. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's just that, sweet taste in your mouth that you keep holding on to where it's like, why wouldn't I want a piece of one of the best offenses in the NFL right now with the Eagles? Like, yeah, it's not always going to go to AJ Brown, but we just saw this week, we had three touchdowns, AJ Brown yeah, it literally all did. It it's, it's all talent. It's, it's all yeah. talent. And there's obviously a connection there and there's not, there's not a connection there with Devonte Smith. He's not that type of wide receiver.
1: Yeah. I actually, someone that I think that, is very similar to Devonte Smith. And he has, I would say maybe not this year, but last year we just spoke about was Brandon. Ayuk. remember last year where it just felt like Brandon Ayuk was going to be the star, like yeah. coming, coming out party for Brandon Ayuk to score these touchdowns and 80, 90, hundred yards. And I feel like everybody this year was like Devonte Smith had a really good, you know, ending to his career, uh, to his year last year. And then this year it's been like one game has been big. The rest have kind of just been kind of disappointing. Um, So to touch on Chris Godwin really quick though, if you open if you click on his name and you kind of look at his stats and stuff, something that you know is pretty funny, you look at twenty twenty two trends, literally busted zero of six weeks that he's played and boomed zero of six weeks, and it is usually it's just consistently average, and and it's not to his fault like we just talked you just talked about like he gets catches he gets yards. But it's always about touchdowns in fantasy football, and he just that whole offense has been very disappointing, to say the least. Um, and Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette are really the only people that score touchdowns on that team.
0: Yeah, just just a tough week for Trey. I mean, one ten, it probably could have won in some matchups. I mean, especially against me, but uh, he went up against Buzzsaw. He went up against Chris McCaffrey. Uh, mm-hmm. Run runners goes four and four, seventh place. Notorious three and five, at ninth.
1: All right, our matchup of the week where was the Fishel Boys against House Targaryen. Um, have you ever seen a team lose but still stay in first place?
0: Uh, this early
1: in the year, I feel like
0: I no. I guess it's not early really in the middle because of the year, huh? Yeah, but our league is so stupid right now, which is how <laughs> competitively close it is, and even it is that nothing surprises me.
1: Yeah, there there are a bunch of huge talking points for this matchup. Uh, we have so I'll let you choose where you want to start. Do we want to start with Brian having two players with goose eggs, or do we want to have uh, perhaps a conversation about the worst number one overall fantasy selection of all time?
0: Ooh, those are juicy. Let's do. Let's talk about John Jonathan Taylor. That sounds better.
1: All right. So Jonathan Taylor has had one week where classic Jonathan Taylor and that was week one and then after that uh has only hit 12 points once over two weeks with 10 points and the rest have been under 10 points he also missed two weeks with an injury now injuries are a big thing especially for running backs and especially ankles uh but that Colts team um I kind of just feel like they are just trying anything at this point to get points um, because their defense is still legit. They, they actually ended up losing that game where they were up, and I thought they were going to easily put it away. But Jonathan Taylor in general, I think it's uh, it's time. It's
0: officially time to start
1: worrying about Jonathan
0: Taylor. So when you were talking about one of the worst number one picks, my mind immediately went to Eddie Lacy. Oh, that's and right. You had the Eddie Lacy. Uh... Dude, I'm looking at a his new profile picture that he like talked about, oh, poor guy. Just, I think he, man in 2019, he's, he looks bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, number one, number one running backs usually are just bank it. Forget it. Uh, but was I he, can, yes, was if you he looked
1: consensus number one though, or is that a year that you just decided to take him number one? Eddie Lacy. Yeah. That specific year. Oh
0: That specific year. I mean, um, I don't
1: really remember. I, I think, I
0: think, I think already, he was.
1: you already made up your mind going into it. It wasn't well, – I remember when you got it, you immediately you were like, oh, Eddie Lacy. Um, mm-hmm. But I well, feel Well, I've like- done
0: that twice. I've done that with Eddie Lacy and, and then – Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Yeah. So- uh, new okay, new trend, do not draft a running back at number one overall. Maybe that's the <laughs> Well, maybe the perhaps trend just here.
1: don't go with the consensus number one. So, for instance, if you were to pick Christian McCaffrey, you would still feel pretty good about yourself right what now. What about Christian McCaffrey last year, though? Yeah. But, well, that's what I'm saying. The consensus number one. So don't pick the one that everyone says, hey, you should pick this guy
0: no matter what. When, you, when they zig, you zag. Yes, exactly. That's the point. Um, uh but yeah. yeah no let me just wrap it up with jonathan taylor yeah it's it's incredibly disappointing and, and he's one of those situations that i'm kind of dealing with where if you're frustrated you would want to move him off your team so you don't have to like play that game of starting him every week mm-hmm. he whatever return that you could get for him is just gonna be so low it's gonna be so low that you're just gonna be like well, why am i gonna trade this guy i might as well play him like he's a number one pick for a reason he'll figure it out but it's Nothing about that Colts offense is anything, anything mm-hmm. like what was expected. I think the thought of Matt Ryan coming in there was gonna jumpstart it, even though he even though the offense wasn't that terrible. I mean, it was pretty bad last year with Carson Wentz. But mm-hmm. Matt Ryan obviously thought it would be an upgrade, would help out with everything, being able to move the ball in in matchups where teams would normally sack the box against Jonathan Taylor, but he's been hurt when he's been out there. He's been inefficient. He is he is he is a shell, a shell of uh, what you would imagine as a number one running back. And I would be petrified if I was Steph.
1: Yeah, I would be too. Um, he missed practice today with his ankle injury again. So we'll see if he suits up for next week, um, which will be a huge loss for her team. But she does have Leonard Fournette and... I tried getting Jamal Williams from her right when I made the DeAndre Swift trade because I, hate I this knew shit. Jamal Williams. out of here! I knew that he would be someone that still is relied upon, and I just you know was taking a flyer on DeAndre Swift, hoping that he would stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jamal Williams gets the goal line carries. He gets um, you know they they love him there because I mean he is he has an infectious personality. He's a good dude, um, and he's a hard hard runner. So. Yeah, she has she has some she has those two players. I mean she had a couple of running backs that went off this week on her bench that just, you know, consist don't really do that on a consistent basis and Antonio Gibson and Kenyon Drake. But yeah, I, I think a loss of Jonathan Taylor would be would be huge for her team.
0: And I and fantasy football is so stupid. Like when Brian Robinson uh Robinson coming back for the Commanders, you would think, oh, my, it's his show. That's why everyone drafted him. Great story. Who's going to take over the backfield. Mm-hmm. And all that did was just push Antonio Gibson into a pass-catching role. These last two weeks, he's hit over 15. Um, yeah. He's still somewhat involved. He's getting touches. He had seven touches last week, but seven receptions, 58 yards. Um, I thought he was just going to be gone, just to the wayside, that, that JD McKissick role is going to be firm with him. But I... It's, I would say out of all the teams, there's teams in our league that just don't have anything on their bench. So Mm -hmm. setting lineups or addressing bye weeks are just going to be difficult because of their depth. I feel like Steph has like this like echelon above depth where like she has to make decisions every single week. Like I feel like she's got the most confusing lineup because there's just so many just random weeks like Tyler Lockett, like, Talalaka would have been a great play, obviously, this week over Christian Kirk. It's, mm-hmm. I almost put those guys kind of in the same echelon. You have to make that decision every single week who to start. Antonio Gibson, back to back weeks, he's involved. He's in the past game where you look at Jonathan Taylor, who's been struggling and is hurt. Like, that's a w- stupid, weird decision I don't want to deal with if I was Steph's owner. It's like, do I, Antonio Gibson has a good matchup and he's not even the primary running back. Do I start him over Jonathan Taylor, who's mm-hmm. potentially hurt and limping into the game? we saw. This year Jonathan Taylor hasn't been effective coming off of injury. Like he's been slow out of the gate or just doesn't play in general. So mm-hmm. she's just got a tough, confusing, weird team. Yeah. I think
1: she will have to make decisions week after week, um, kind of just depend matchup dependent. And, you know, the only one that we know for certain is that Justin Tucker will get nine points or more, um, no matter just what buckets at, every, every week. time. Uh let's right. head over to the official boys. Um can you explain to me why he picked DK over George Pickens, or sorry, George Pickens over DK? I,
0: I mean, no, I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> I actually I, just
1: realized that now, looking at his lineup. I don't know why that was the decision. I hope it's not uh one of the official boys making the decision for Brian, um, but against a very good Philadelphia Eagle. Secondary, and he Brian is an Eagles fan. He knows how good that secondary is on the road against uh, a DK Metcalf who has what is he? And he's twenty fourth yeah, this year. He's had two back to back rough weeks, so I guess perhaps um and DK kind of went into it uncertain whether he was going to play or not. But yeah, if he's active. I feel like he, you gotta you gotta start him.
0: I don't know. I guess the only way I can defend him is that if. Uh, we don't know how the matchup's going to go before the week starts. Obviously Mm -hmm. we have to let let the players play, but if I'm Brian and I'm on, I've been on this heater all season. He's been relying on Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, two of his like most consistent heavy hitters. They're going to get the points. Um, Maybe there was a sense of, Hey, Steph's got her full lineup. Um, I'm going to be down in this one. Let's, George Pickens, the last couple of weeks, has been pretty productive. Like, really mm-hmm. productive. DK Metcalf hasn't been. Let me go for the potential way higher ceiling to kind of make up for the ground that I'm going to be losing with Mahomes and Kelsey, rather than the pretty consistent all-year uh, DK Metcalf, besides these last two weeks. I th- It's a cute play, obviously, because it's not like Seattle has been a bad defense or a bad offense. Like Mm -hmm. they show every single week. They're a good offense. Like this stupid, the rhetoric that everyone had before the season, me and myself included, uh, thinking that they were the worst quarterback room and those two would struggle the most. No, it's not the case. And as much as George Pickens is like an absolute treat to watch, that offense is really bad. It's it's not really bad at all. It's not, you can have, you're going to have the blimps, of where he's pulling down four or five catches and sneaks in for a touchdown. But more often than not, he's going to struggle. Mm -hmm. DK Metcalf more often than not, he's going to succeed. And I just think uh, you can't get cute with these decisions. And yeah, obviously it cost them this week. Yeah. I, uh,
1: perhaps like you said, you know, he sees that, you know, his, his top two players on his team have those buys. Maybe we're just kind of throwing, throwing the game. I mean, Yeah. I don't know. I, I, this was a very tight matchup. It was the closest matchup we had of the week and Joe Burrow kind of threw a stinker on Monday night. Um, and yeah, every point kind of counts when it comes to fantasy football. And, And I think having a wide receiver, like DK, you know what you're getting. He's that consistent guy and yeah, too cute of a, of a matchup, um, match of the week, Steph, Wins it out at 121. She goes to third place, um, one game behind you and Brian. Uh, Brian drops the matchup, but he still remains in first.